To Kill a Mockingbird, Chapters 4 and 5. In these chapters, Lee begins to, or continues to develop, the idea of Boo Radley being this figure of mystery. And uh, Dill is back for the summer, so uh, him and German Scout have various um, plans of um, creating drama about the story of Boo Radley, Arthur. And so um, they begin to do this kind of uh, reenactment of Boo Radley's life in various different parts, and they'll do different scenes from his life. Um, and um, it says it was a melancholy little drama woven from bits and scraps of gossip and neighbourhood legend. So a children's fantastical interpretation of um, the bare bones that they know about the story of Arthur Radley. Um, it said that um, Mrs Radley had lost most of her teeth, her hair and her right forefinger. Dill's contribution, Boo bit it off one night when he couldn't find any cats and squirrels to eat. So there's a sense there of the absurdity of the drama and the way that the sense of the gossip is coming through in this. Now, they all get caught out because um, Atticus comes home for lunch one day um, while they were so busy playing chapter 25, book two, which gives you just a sense of how many different scenes they had been enacting. And Atticus, of course, realises um, what they are doing although Jem won't admit to it. Um, Atticus says, give me those scissors. Um, does this by any chance have anything to do with the Radleys? Um, and Jem completely denies it. Um, but Atticus says, I hope it doesn't. Um, and he says nothing more at this point, but um, later in the next chapter, he's going to make it clear that he does not want them dramatizing Boo Radley's life you know this is a real person not someone to be the object of um you know just observation drama and and a children's game um plus the fact that they live in such close proximity to Arthur's house that later on when Scout stands in the Radley's porch behind the screen she realizes that so much of of her and Jem and Dill's reenactments would have been seen by Arthur himself and of course the children are really oblivious to this um but it's again it's going to show Scout's progression in the novel that at this point she doesn't see anything wrong with with playing this dramatic game and basically getting entertainment from this um, neighborhood outsider now, it's interesting in Chapter 5 because we are introduced to a new character called Miss Maudie. And Miss Maudie is just a fantastic character. She's a really strong female character and role model for Scout. And she shares a lot of Atticus's values, particularly about not gossiping, not judging people. Um, and she really stands out from the typical Maycomb County people. Now, um, Scout's relationship with Miss Maudie really is built up from Miss Maudie's um, acceptance of her and acceptance that she's a child, but the nice things that Miss Maudie does for her. So she allows Scout to sit with her on the porch and watch the sun go down. Um, she bakes cakes and, and calls them all over to, to, to give them cake. And she um, is not 
she has quite an abrasive exterior, but she's obviously got a complete heart of gold. Now, the lovely thing about Miss Maudie is that she isn't a um, pushover character. She's very, very strong in what she says. Um, and there's a lot of comedy in what, what the book calls her acidic responses. So you've got Miss Stephanie Crawford, the neighbourhood gossip, um, who talks about Arthur Radley a lot. And Scout tries to find out more about Boo Radley from Miss Maudie and try and probe her for what she knows. So it's interesting that Miss Maudie doesn't take the bait and instantly launch into all the things she ever knows about the Radleys. But she actually encourages Scout to think carefully about where she's heard her information from and why should she be fascinated with, with somebody else. Um, what's interesting is that um, Scout asks questions like, you know, is he still alive? And um, and she and Miss Maudie's response is, what a morbid question! I know he's alive, Jean Louise, because I haven't seen him carried out yet. Um, and when Scout questions, why doesn't he ever come out? Um, she just says, well, wouldn't you stay in the house if you didn't want to come out? Um, she does refer to the religiousness of the Radley family, so the fact that they're this kind of extreme sect of Baptists who often were quite puritanical, quite extreme in, you know, not doing things that they saw as being pleasure, they saw pleasure as being a sin. So it's, it felt like Arthur's rebellion was punished unduly harshly because of their religious background. Um, and there's a kind of sort of comedy of um, the Baptist telling Miss Maudie that her and her flowers were going to go to hell because she should be inside reading her Bible instead of gardening. And this kind of, again, it's that narrow-mindedness that is funny but is also really sad. Um, that Miss Ma- that Miss Maudie just can't stand that kind of narrow-minded thinking. One thing that that Scout says about Miss Maudie really makes her stand out is the fact that um, they had faith in her. Um, it said um, she had an acid tongue in her head. She did not go about the neighbourhood doing good, as did Miss Stephanie Crawford. But while no one with a grain of sense trusted Miss Stephanie. Gemini had considerable faith in Miss Maudie. She had never told on us, had never played cat and mouse with us. She was not at all interested in our private lives. She was our friend. Uh, And I love that way that she treats them um, as equals. She doesn't patronise them. She's aware that obviously they don't, they're quite ignorant about a number of things. But she takes that role, similar to Atticus, as being a role model and educating them rather than um, reinforcing the stereotypes and the ways of make-home that they're going to hear from everybody else. It's interesting because um, as Miss Maudie talks about what has happened to Arthur Radley, she comments that actually um, there are some men who are so busy worrying about the next world, they've never learned to live in this one. So she's able to see the motives behind why the Radleys have acted as they have, but she can see the flaws in it. 
Um, the anecdote about Stephanie Crawford, I think, is is just worthy of a mention because it's just so ludicrous. Miss Mordy tells Scout, Stephanie Crawford even told me once she woke up in the middle of the night and found him, that is Boo Radley, Arthur Radley, looking in the window at her. I said, what did you do, Stephanie? Move over in the bed and make room for him? That shut her up a while. So she deliberately shuts down Stephanie Crawford's um, gossip with this really sort of scandalous statement. Um, And I really like the way she sort of, again, challenges what Stephanie's saying. Because by saying something so shocking, she's forcing Stephanie to confront the fact that she shouldn't be gossiping in this way. and, And she's probably exaggerating something that didn't really happen anyway. What is also interesting is the way that Miss Mordy respects Atticus and she also points out to Scout, Atticus Finch is the same in his house as he is on the public streets. Unfortunately, that's not the same for everyone in Maycomb. And what makes Atticus and Miss Mordy stand out is they don't pretend, they don't um, fake it for other people. They are themselves wherever they are. Um, And what's going to be interesting in this novel is the people who want to look respectable socially on the exterior, but actually um, they they sort of are hiding a lot of things behind closed doors. The chapter ends with this hilarious um, incident of Jem deciding he wants to give Boo Radley a note, inviting him to come outside, and Dill adds that they'll even buy him an ice cream Um, and so Jem sort of fixes it onto a fishing pole and tries to um, jab it through the shutters which of course is a complete disaster because um, he can't get it once he puts the note on the stick he can't get it to get off the stick he sets um, Scout and Dill to be taking watch and gives Dill this bell from their mother's dinner service and of course Atticus catches them red-handed Dill ringing the bell in his face um, and Atticus makes it really clear to them that he does not want them to be messing around the Radley place. He doesn't want them to be trying to contact Boo. He wants them to leave him alone. He says to Jem, I'm going to tell you something and tell you one time, stop tormenting that man. And then there's there follows a, a sort of section of narrative where Scout basically recounts the speech that Atticus gives to Jem, but it's not indirect speech, it's not in dialogue. So it's almost as if Scout is remembering the speech so well that it's ingrained in her own thinking. What Mr Radley did was his own business. If he wanted to come out, he would. If he wanted to stay inside his own house, he had the right to stay inside free from the attentions of inquisitive children, which was a mild term for the likes of us. How would we like it if Atticus barged in on us without knocking when we were in our rooms at night? We were, in effect, doing the same thing to Mr. Radley. What Mr. Radley did might seem peculiar to us, but it did not seem peculiar to him. Now, I really like the way that in his tirade against them, Atticus is constantly trying to get them to think about how they would feel if they were on the receiving end. How would they feel if someone barged into their house? How would they feel if someone thought what they were doing was peculiar? So again, he's constantly reinforcing this need for them to think about other people. Um, He says that they need to stay away from the house and he sort of manages to tie Jem up in knots because um, he gets Jem basically to admit they were 
making fun of him. Um, and Atticus said, you know, that putting his life's history on display for the edification of the neighbourhood, that means for the education or for the bettering of the neighbourhood, is clearly not their motive in what they're doing. Um, and so Atticus makes it really clear to German Scout that their behaviour isn't acceptable, that they have to leave Boo Radley alone. And whilst at this point, Scout and Jem don't really understand why, it's going to lay an important foundation and principle that will work itself out in the rest of the novel. <laughs> 